don't say don't say slurs before we start recording, right before I hit the record button, Sam. That would be a horrible thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. I know that would be just terrible. 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 And we are live on the Tic Tacs. I mean, every week. Well, every well not every. Every two weeks we are live on the TikTok as we record this, the fifteenth episode. Yes, of the indeed. Bros podcast. I'm Connor, and I am Sam. We are not brothers. As no, we're well aware at this point. And again, not in a dungeon. Not in a dungeon quite yet. We're working on it. I mean, some might call the dimly lit interior of our abode dungeon-like. I mean, right now it's quite, quite well lit. It, we is, have... it is quite well lit. I mean, we go out of our way to more properly light our home when we know we are recording. True, I, I realize I forgot to set up the extra I mean, lights, uh, but we got the overheads. It's fine. It's been a day, a week, a month, even a year. We're not doing the Friends theme. I'm not wanting to, really. I mean, that's that's part. You just did part of their lyrics, so. Yeah, I didn't want to sing it. I was just referencing. Yeah, fair enough. You don't, you don't reference where you're from? You're from Friends? Fucking Buckeyes, man. You're from, but Friends is set in New York. And yeah, but you're a Buckeye. And yeah, well, yeah. you don't do from the Buckeye State. Unfortunately, Buckeye, you are. I mean, being from the Buckeye State does indeed. Unfortunately, there's a subsect of people who have who have superseded the statehood, the statehood, the statehood uh, uh, identity, and replaced it with the Buckeye being a collegiate mm-hmm. identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go to that college. Mm-hmm. University. The Ohio State University is what that you're is. That is the one. There, yes? That is the one. Well, Morning Canaan's Monsters of the Multiverse randomly just kind of came out like a day or two early for no real reason beyond Wizards of the Coast just deciding to do that. So that's fun. I mean, the book has been available for, what, two months now? But the individual has only been available, you said, since, what? what's today? Today is Thursday, so since Tuesday? I know, but it wasn't supposed to come out until, like, Friday or something, right? I have no idea. I don't remember the we specific could, dates of We that, could go but... back and listen to the podcasts where we talk about that. I mean, or you could, podcast listener. Yeah, I mean... I have to listen to the podcast like three times every time we do it, so I really prefer not to have to do it again if I can avoid it. Fair enough. Lo- you know, logistically speaking. But I just finished reading through the entirety of Call of the Netherdeep yes. like yesterday as of recording this, and uh, I'm very excited to possibly run this game in the very near future. Yeah, we got a Scheduling. Group. Scheduling permitting. We got a we got a group raring to go. Oh, they're well, I mean they're they're going. I don't know if they're raring. Oh, I mean Darren's raring. Darren's hey. always raring. Hey, it rhymes with his name. Hey, Darren raring. The raring Darren. I mean, sure. I don't know. I mean, why not? I. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess. Um, but yeah, we have we have. Wow, this is riveting conversation we should really be more interesting let's talk about like how we have two new players coming to this table we do we do some co-workers of mine for call of the other deep are going to be coming to this table for the first time very excited i feel like we are much more excited than they are but 
I mean, they don't necessarily know what to expect, where you, me, the aforementioned Darren, and the previously other podcast mentioned Salem are all uh, batshit insane when it comes to D&D. Oh, we are by far the craziest when it comes to the D&D, at least for people that we know. That's true. Anyway, I mean, we have a format, kind of, right? For, for the show. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, we have an Instagram account now. Yes, we just started the Instagram account last week, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Right um, now, it's mostly just reposts from the TikTok. The, the, the Instagram creators are much... They're, they're much better supported than the TikTok creators. Obviously, the YouTube creators are, are the best supported of any of them, and we're still working on breaking into that. Yes, I feel that... If we had more time on our plates individually and as a company, are we a company? We're a no, company. No, we're not a company. We are. Yeah, we, mean, keep we keep each other company. company. <laughs> Damn, that was the okay. same <laughs> stupid comment from the both of us. That's anyway. We have an Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram in the link tree in the bio. Last week we or the last ep- episode of the podcast, not last week. This isn't a weekly. No, this is bi-weekly. This is bi-weekly. Last episode of the podcast, we talked about our Blood Magic supplement, which you can find on Drive Through RPG for four ninety nine. It's pretty cool. We think it's pretty cool. If we, you want to check it out, there's even a free preview pack for yeah. it, also on the Drive Through RPG. Uh, you could sub- you could subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, still working on that spell points video. I uh, like I said, it's been a day, a week, a month. Yeah, it's got a me. lot. Got a lot going on. But look, if you're listening to this podcast right now, go ahead and go listen to some other ones and then review them. That really helps Ooh, us. Yes, we'd like to podcasting be, services. Round yeah, we'd like to be bumped up in those ratings. Indeed. We might even shout you out if you give us a nice one. I mean, we might. We should. New thing. That sounds. That sounds like a you project. I will take care of that. Sensational. So we got some, as we oft do, as we oft do, as we have slowly begun to form the format of this podcast indeed we have the news items of the day some some interestingly juicy ones considering our proximity to the recent D&D direct mm-hmm. i was not expecting that many juicy announcements but alas here we are top story number one story D&D adventures league is going to be accepting the monsters of the multiverse morning canyon's monsters of the multiverse it's going to be the main subject of today by the way i don't think we i don't think we specifically explicitly said that it's fair but that will be the main topic of the day, is Morning Kaden's Monsters of the Multiverse. Adventures League is going to take in Monsters of the Multiverse and forego any of the options from Volo's Guide to Monsters and Morning Kaden's Tome of Foes. Uh, I mean, Wizards of the Coast has already hinted that Monsters of the Multiverse is going to be the updated, basically, replacement to Volo's Guide to Monsters and Morning Kaden's Tome of Foes. But... Uh, the very popular rule that you may have, you may have seen at various tables is the uh, the DM instituted player's handbook plus one rule, and that comes from the Adventurers League. And it seems that the new Adventurers League format, well, for one, it's going to require any existing Adventurers League and players to update their characters with the contents of Monsters of the Multiverse, meaning any of the race options that uh, you may have that are in Monsters of the Multiverse that may have undergone some changes, which of them are quite many. Mm -hmm. You'll have to update your character with the new stats for your racial features. 
The official announcement comes as, quote, If you possess a character with one of the race options prevented in Mordekainen's Monsters of the Multiverse, you must update your character to the new entry as presented in that product. This has always been the policy of D&D rules usable with D&D Adventures League campaigns. However, we also understand that a large number of playable races have been impacted by the changes. We ask that Dungeon Masters and fellow players with access to Mordenkainen's Monsters of the Multiverse exhibit some patience as players spend time updating their characters to the revised race mechanics. Now, they go on to say... There are revisions of all monster stat blocks from Volo's Guide to Monsters to Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes in Monsters of the Multiverse, as well as some new stat blocks. Published adventures playable in D&D Adventurers League with older versions of the stat blocks will not be changed. However, Dungeon Masters may choose to use the new stat blocks in their place as long as it does not significantly impact the challenge rating of the encounter. Official D&D Adventurers League adventures will start using the new stat blocks from this point forward. Dungeon Craft Adventure Designers will need to use the updated stat blocks for monsters appearing in Morning Canaan's Monsters of the Multiverse starting with the next season of Adventurers League beginning on September 1st. Players are in a little bit of an awkward position because there are some builds that may be going on in Adventurers League that require an older version of the Tabaxi or the Lizard Folk or the Yanti, the Aarakocra, etc. And it seems, I mean, well, it's, for one, it is nice to have all of the race options collected in one book mm-hmm. for your PHB plus one. But now you have to choose between, do I want an interesting race option or do I want, like, an interesting subclass option by taking Tasha's or Xanathar's Guide to Everything as my plus one? I think, I don't see why Player's Handbook, Monsters of the Multiverse plus one couldn't be the thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have to obviously put a put a kind of limit on it somewhere, but at the same time, especially with the way uh, I've I've never played an Adventures League. Um, I've same. witnessed some Adventures League games. I've read online a lot of people's disdain for Adventures League. But with that being said, um, obviously they have to put a lot of, uh, rules in place to make it, uh, uh, kosher, to make it friendly to everyone. And while Wizards of the Coast is going towards the floating plus two, plus one, or three plus ones on every class, or every race, pardon me, I feel that significantly changes how you choose races in mm-hmm. D&D. Um, and honestly, like, I think the, the options in the player's handbook are generally going to cover 90% of most players. So I, if I, if I, if this were me, I would definitely choose my plus one to be probably in the subclass arena. Yeah. I would definitely pull Xanathar's or Tasha's as my plus one. And I believe that, uh, I feel free to call me out on this if I'm wrong, internet, but I believe that if you are playing in an Adventures League campaign that, for example, takes place in Eberron or takes place on, in like the Sword Coast or Waterdeep or something, you get access to that campaign setting book for mm-hmm. any of the options available in that. But, it's, but it, all of this is kind of implying that if you take any of these options that are available in these books, if there is an updated version of the option, like, for example, if you're playing in a Theros Adventures League campaign, I don't know if those exist, but hypothetically, and you wanted to play a satyr, you wouldn't be able to use the satyr stat block that is provided in Theros 
you would need to use the stat block that is provided in Monsters of the Multiverse, which kind of in in and of itself breaks the PHP plus one rule, kind of. It's, it's a it's a footnote. It's an exception. It's yeah. it's the exception that proves the rule. Um, hypothetically, it definitely it definitely feels like to me that the simpler option would have just been, hey, PHP Monsters of the Multiverse plus one. You just get an additional book available to you if you want to take any of the race options. Right. And then just call that it. And if you want, and with the caveat that if you want to select, if you wanted to select Volo's Guide to Monsters to get an older version of a race, you can't do that. I would say that would be fair. But I think that's fair and that makes sense. But who am I to, who am I to say how people should play D&D? Again, adventurously, it's, it's the, it's the official D&D public game and they have to put restrictions on it. And, you know, at, at some point, I'm sure there's somebody at Wizards Coast that does something. All right, we're just going to make it simple. Yeah. Anyway. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Chef's kiss. I, I don't, I don't oh, like that. Yeah. That's a horrible sound oh. effect. Moving on. Moving on. Magic the Gathering's next D&D set will play more like, well, D&D. Wizards. That makes sense, <laughs> Wizards had great success last year crossing over D&D and Magic the, uh, Gathering, making it their best summer pack of all time. This year's D&D crossover, Commander's League, Battles for Baldur's, Battle for Baldur's Gate, is focused on a complex drafting set of commander-focused cards and play reminiscent of D&D. Like the 2020 Commander's League set, this one will be focused on drafting, using a 60-card deck as opposed to the typical 100-draft card deck that leverages the partner mechanic introduced in 2016 giving versatility to your chosen commander in the character uh, in the potential mana pool and powerful new abilities now the their partnering as opposed to two creatures the commander with the backgrounds pulled from D&D esque settings this time around though wizards is including uh, even more classic characters from D&D lore including characters from Forgotten Realms the Baldur's Gate video game series and Tasha's Cauldron of Everything they also added a new dungeon card, a mechanic which allows players to push their luck in the Undercity below Baldur's Gate. This time around, players will make use of their new initiative mechanic, which allows characters to move through the dungeon more quickly. The D20 makes a return, allowing players to roll and use abilities based on their roll. Online previews for this pack will start on May 30th, and the pack itself drops on June 10th. Um... This is taking the, the, you know, your kind of basic, uh, not basic, because we all know that magic, well, uh, uh, at, at, its, at its front, at its facade is simple. But once you get into it, man, oh they can do, cra- people can do crazy things with decks. Um, this takes it and makes it a little more, in, even, com- even more complicated. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Combining it with our beloved, yet complicated system of Dungeons and Dragons. I mean... Getting into Magic the Gathering is so difficult. And every time one of these new sets gets released, it's always like, wow, these cards are awesome, and they show off a whole bunch of cool cards. And it's like, they're using terms and abilities that don't make sense unless you are already in the know. And someone who's passively into Magic the Gathering, like likes it theoretically, or maybe is like played around in arenas a little bit, that would be jazzed about something like this myself for example mm-hmm. i would be like these cards are so cool and it's all D. I mean you've got volo you've got you, 
you've got the Elder Brain, you Elminster, Asterian, Minsk, Minsk, and Boo. All his planeswalker. Like, but at the same time, when I'm literally looking at these cards in front of me and I'm reading the abilities, I'm like, I have no idea what the ramifications of these abilities are associated with the cards because a lot of them are new and maybe i'm just like a freaking idiot or something you are but, thank you but it seems really really difficult to use also the the d20 system for the previous uh forgotten realms mtg set it just it just ratcheted up the complexity for in my experience in playing arenas like basically being like all right well here's a literal roll of the dice if you roll well then you'll win yeah it takes uh i mean obviously the d20 is very iconic to D&D representing luck basically or or uh, the fate or the randomness of the universe where they had to, you know, breaking it down to that mech- the even more mechanical function in the Magic the Gathering. Uh, they they previewed a card on the on the article, um, which was basically like roll the d20. If you roll a one, you know, it depend based on your roll, you can cast X number of instant plays. Which it was like for one, you know, if you rolled a one, you got to roll, you got to play one instant card but if you Mm. if you rolled a a 20 you got to play four and it takes it from a fate or a luck idea just to a very mechanical can i gamble to get high enough and that uh the the wand of wonders which i think is what you're the wand of wonder which i think is what you're talking about the whole point is that you're exiling cards from the top of your library until you exile a card of a certain type and then you shuffle the rest of your library, and then you can cast a certain number of instant or sorceries from the exiled cards. Which also, like like I get it, is kind of like a pseudo-self-milling mm-hmm. thing. But, man, I, I, I know that that's logically what that would be good for, but I don't know how, and I don't know how to implement that. And not knowing like, the entire set yet, it's it's going to be... It's going to be hard for a layperson to, and since these are draft game, these are this is focused around drafting. Yeah. Not even you know they're going to sell a pre-built 100 card set or decks as they um, do with every set. As they do with every set, but with these, it's it's you know set around drafting. I, you, I'm surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years we see a new pr- product that comes out from Wizards of the Coast that is basically this just pulled out of both Magic and D&D and thrown into its own new game with its Ooh. own rule book. I disagree with you on that one. I don't think Wizards of the Coast is going to like in a are you saying like another trading card game? No, I think that they're I I think they could I think if this continues to get as complex as as it is and they 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 could take this concept of using both a playing card game that and an adventure game, I think they could make that mm-hmm. itself another product which they could sell. So kind of like a, like a deck building board game, yeah. Mixed with okay, uh, uh, I could I could a non trading card deck builder. And to be and deck builders tend to be a lot more simplistic with the cards for the very nature that they're a board game and they're meant to be played by people that may have not ever played it before or understand the rules. But like Dominion, which is one of our favorite deck builder games, um, mm-hmm. 
they have so many expansions that yeah if if you are just the regular person here's what you start with but then there's just so much more room to go with once once you're beyond that and i think i think they could have a they could hit that corner of the market with this mm-hmm. or something the, like this the most amount of complexity in magic the gathering that i understood and was able to build like a real life deck around is when they did their first run of theros back in 2013 2014 um that level of complexity I understood. And it feels like with the subsequent sets that have come out, it's just gotten more and more and more. Like, they've ratcheted up the complexity for, like, the hardcore fans. Which, to be fair, if you're into Magic the Gathering, you're into Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. I just, I, it's, it's frustrating because it, it's something I would like to be into, especially when they release cool sets that I, I thematically vibe with. But, I don't know, it's just... It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. What's next? Next. Oh, boy. D&D Beyond. D&D Beyond. D&D Beyond is giving away free books right now in the month of May. At this very moment. Two books right now are free. Acquisitions Incorporated. Completely free. They started it Today as we are recording several days ago as of the you'll first be able to listen to this the book is based off the exploits of an adventuring party of the same name that debuted back in 2008 as part of a collaboration with wizards of the coast and penny arcade the second book you're probably going to be much more familiar with lost minds of fandelver mm, the original yes. starter set adventure in the essentials kit is going to be put up for free we were already talking about when they announced how Dragons of Stormwreck Isle is going to be just kind of a drop-in replacement for the starter set. What's going to happen to the Lost Minds of Fandelver? And we theorized that they were going to put it up online for free, as they talked about doing for like the, the prequel adventure of Spelljammers. And it seems that they, they already planned on doing that, and they plan on doing it a lot sooner. If you are listening to this live on TikTok or in a podcast service around the globe, you can get them right now for free. Lost Minds of Fandelver will be free in perpetuity for all users. So, as, as great as Dragons of Stormwreck Isle is... We assume. We assume. I mean, if they're, if they're going full in on this to replace Lost Minds of Fandelver, in a weird way, this move kind of makes Lost Minds of Fandelver even a better way to get someone into D&D, because you don't have a monetary wall to go past... Yeah. I mean, it's also just going to be good for yeah any low-level play. Like, I, I've read through the, the Lost Minds of Fandelver um, module before, and as much as I'm bad at using modules, it's a good little, it's a good little story. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that the Acquisitions Incorporated is going to be free starting now on May 19th as we record this, and for a limited time, seven days afterwards. So that would put you up to the 26th of May, which if you are watching this podcast as it posts... You have a day left. <laughs> so if you're watching on the TikTok, like all two of you, there you go. Acquisitions Incorporated, you can get it for free on D&D Beyond right now. Lost Minds of Fandelver later as well. This all came as part of the uh, D&D Beyond developer update that they did on their YouTube channel. Um, they apparently plan on doing more of these in the future. The, the guy that was... Joe Starr, who is doing the developer update, said, 
Just remind everybody that Joestar is the last name of uh, the first couple of JoJo's and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Sensational. Sensational. He concluded the update with a warning for D&D Beyond users and that while he is confident that users will not be affected, he did mention the possibility that service may be interrupted as of right now with people downloading it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, that is also... That is also at the same time they're making their transition to being a part of the Wizards of the Coast family. And incidentally, this was yesterday that they officially joined, May 18th. Coincidentally, it is the same date where two D&D books, Volo's Guide to Monsters and Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, are going to be delisted from D&D Beyond because their information is folded into yeah. Mordenkainen Presents Monsters of the Multiverse. Yeah, I do like that note. That hey, people are if I mean that's a great way to drive traffic to the website. First off, um, oh yeah, is give free shit away. But I like that they're they're like hey, uh, people are going to be downloading this. Server's going to be slow, and everybody who plays any uh, any modern uh, multiplayer video game is like oh yeah, new season shit sucks first day. Yeah, it it tends to be like that. I think it's very interesting that it was just like this little this little note. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're also getting rid of Morning Cane's Tome of Foes and Vol's Guide to Monsters. See ya. Enjoy free stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Monsters of the Multiverse is the replacement for those books, in effect. Um, the book itself, on the back, even makes it kind of clear in the third little blurb that mm -hmm. you don't really have to replace if you don't want to. It's not, like, majorly mechanically changing. It's just making a lot of the monsters more balanced a lot of the player races fit more in line with the new vision they have for D&D &D, which I'm sure we will see expanded on greatly in the, in the coming years with the eventual 5.5 yes that is all but inevitable yes a lot of the updates Wizards has been making ha in the past year even has been to direct started to direct everything towards 5.5 and you know, Volo's Guide to Monsters and Morning Cannon's Tome of Foes aren't the only things that Wizards of the Coast is removing from the internet, is it, Sam? So yes, the on to our next story. The D and D board game Candlekeep Tomb of Annihilation is being pulled from Steam. For the past decade, Wizards has published a string of co-op board games using a rule set called the Dungeons and Dragons Adventuring System, a stripped-down rule set from our favorite hobby, uh, used to complete adventures in a few hours. Tomb of Annihilation was among them. Originally created by Gary Gygax back in 1978 as a competitive dungeon for, comp uh, for convention play and was basically a meat grinder to kill off player characters. This five adventure game was published back in 2017 by BKOM Studios, but, it ha as, but has been announced that it will be delisted from Steam on May 20th, which if you are watching live is tomorrow due to a licensing agreement. Players who have it will be able to continue to play, but no new copies or expanded content will go out. Gotta love some licensing. Mm. Uh, the developer that helped D&D make those games as well were the BKOM Studios, and they originally released on Steam in 2017. So they haven't been, they haven't been available on Steam for quite, Five quite a long time. Five years? Which I find interesting that a licensing agreement has already become a problem within five years because I, I feel like in the modern era, in the digital era, 
companies are pretty wise to how future licensing works. Yeah. Especially in an online medium. That's why it's it difficult for so many older video games to get just remastered in their current form, especially because of it, they have licensed music. That's why like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was so difficult and they basically had to remake it with different songs because all of the previous songs, the licensing agreements didn't factor in future digital remasterings and printings. It's the same with a lot of uh, TV shows that were produced from, uh, that had been moved to streaming platforms. They couldn't use the original music because they were not, they're not licensed for streaming platforms because they didn't exist. Yeah. I am interested the, I, though in how this whole board game on Steam thing works. And it is tempting to just get it right now. Because it is. Two Annihilation is currently 85% off. Yes. The DLC is 60% off. And the complete bundle is 76% off. And it's going to be removed from sale tomorrow if you are watching this live. If you are watching this on a podcast service or YouTube around the globe. We're sorry. Tough shit. Tough shit. Deal with it. Be better next time. Be on top of it. Um, yeah. It, it, I'm, I'm also wondering... I'm just now thinking of this, like you said, the licensing agreement. I'm just wondering if they're starting to, ch- you know, Wizards, obviously Hasbro is starting to change things up because they are moving in, it almost seems, into a, a new era of the, of the hobby. Yeah. Was that your, was that your, was that a knuckle or was that, that a knuckle? Dick? No, that was my, <laughs> does, your, does your penis do that? But your penis don't pop? You should see a doctor. I mean, that's probably fine. D&D, the documentary, Role Players, it's going to be the title of the new D&D documentary, currently in production by production company XTR. They're calling it, quote, the definitive documentary about the popular role-playing game. Details about Role Players is scarce, but it will include never-before-seen archival footage and interviews with various celebrity D&D players, we could assume, mm-hmm. Matt Mercer, Chris Perkins, etc. Mm-hmm. The documentary's official description reads... Role players will tell the all-encompassing story of Dungeons and Dragons, from the game's origin story to the cult-like devotion of its players. Exploring the power of living in a fantasy world can have on real-life human connection. No release date has been announced for role players, nor has XTR said how the movie will be released. Wizards of the Coast and its parent company Hasbro are not involved in the production of the film. Neat. I'm more. I'm. I'm mostly excited about the. Uh, archival footage hmm i want to see what like old 80s shit they have from making old school D D. it's like gotta wonder if they're gonna go obviously like we said probably celebrity dmd players you gotta imagine your matt mercers you gotta imagine your your brendley mullins your uh uh of course um i'm blanking on his name big muscly guy <laughs> Play, played uh i know who you're talking about uh, Help me out Joe here. Manganelli. Jango, Joe Manganelli. Joe Manganelli. But you also wonder if they're going to do, uh, if they're going to get anybody controversial like Ernie Gygax. Yeah, that, ooh. Oh, that'd be so juicy. Right? That'd be so juicy. For for those of you who are unaware, Ernie Gygax, son of Gary Gygax, co-founder of D- Dungeons & Dragons, um, last year tried to re- restart uh, TSR. The original, the original company that owned Dungeons and Dragons, and he had some very um, questionable view, questionable viewpoints 
on who, what, how, and why you should play D&D. Yeah, not a good look. Uh, I would love if they got him to just talk for a little while, because that man's a fucking nut job. Much in the same way that it is entertaining to watch a train wreck. Literally. Yes. It is entertaining to listen to. You can't look away. Now, the head of development for the documentary is Justin Lacobe. Lacob. It's like Jacob, but with an L. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, the director is Morgan John Fox. Uh, the production company, XTR, is best known for their Oscar-nominated documentary, Ascension, and for its new Apple Plus series, They Call Me Magic. They're also working on another documentary about trading cards, as well as a documentary movie about infamous TV psychic, Miss Cleo. This is the second ever D&D-based documentary in recent years, following Eye of the Beholder, which more focused on the artwork. In Dungeons and Dragons. Interesting. Didn't know about Eye of the Beholder. That sounds cool. And that's a, that's a great name. It really is. That's a great title for a film. Anyway, I think I'm actually gonna. I'm I'm actually excited for this. I I am interested. Out, I, will this. Genu- I will genuinely watch this program. Yeah, this program. Let's do a live react to it. Two and a half hours of just us staring at the TV, going, "Okay, that's neat. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that's oh, cool. Oh, oh yeah, huh? Neat." Speaking of neat things. Wrap-up time. Wrap-up time. The May D&D sale discounts more than 16,000 supplements from 1st to 5th edition. Ooh, buddy. drive through RPG, where yours truly posts free content every month, as well as a large Blood Magic supplement, has all sorts of content from adventures to play options to even 1st edition handbooks available. Official D&D content and third-party supplements galore are all available to flavor your game however you see fit. Now, 16,000 is quite a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Pretty much all of 2nd Edition's content is heavily discounted. The 1st Edition Player's Handbook... This is all digital, by the way. Mm -hmm. The 1st Edition Player's Handbook. You can even find some niche titles. Minskin Boo's Journal of Villainy. The stealthiest, according to bellofsouls.net. The stealthiest Wizards of the Coast official 5th Edition release of all time. It doesn't stop with them. You get a bu- obviously most of the bulk of the sixteen thousand is third party supplements, that right, sir? That are on sale. That are on sale. That are on sale. Lazy DM's workbook, ancestry and culture, city point crawl generator. Very popular titles. Some old, some new. I would have happily participated our blood magic pack in this sale had I known that it was a thing. Yeah, well, oh, we're not we're not that good. Next wrap up, D and D new demigorgon figure is announced. The Prince of Demons returns to the tabletop. Announced this week, the demigorgon will be the next demon lord to have its likeness immortalized as D and D icons of the realm figure. Two headed demon was one of Dungeons and Dragons' first antagonists, appearing in the game's first monster manual. In recent years, the demigorgon has become a household name because of Stranger, Stranger Things. things. Uh, the mini looks dope. It's a 3D rendering, or I think it's a 2D rendering, actually. Anyway, it's a rendering. <laughs> it looks cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the four, it, the Demogorgon is the fourth Demon Prince to appear as an Icons of the Realm miniature, uh, including Orcus, uh, Jewiblex, oh, Yinoku, who's the Demon Lord of Gnolls, Jewiblex the slime one, and then Orcus. I mean, we know Orcus. We know Orcus. We know Orcus. I think it's cool that they uh, 
they do all of these demon lords. I think it's fun. I am still looking forward to a uh, theoretical Gratz. Oh, me too. Figure that one would be so good. So good. Do you have a Gratz in your campaign? In your homebrew? Yeah. Okay, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have no reason to ever encounter him, but I have a reason for him to exist if they ever wanted to. That's fair. You know. So we might buy that. Hmm. 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 Wizards. Hmm. Anyway. Interesting. Last wrap-up. Last wa- Speaking of minis, WizKids is set to produce the Bell's Hells minis. WizKids and Critical Role partnered last year to produce a number of monsters and NPCs from the show, but this is the first time they will be producing the core player characters. Vox Machina and Mighty Nine were both produced by Steamforge Games. Their offerings will include the core cast and Robbie Damon's Dorian Storm. Dorian Storm. Little, Miss- Little Mr. Fern, played by Ashley Johnson's Wildfire Spirit. And Chetneys, played by Travis William. Chetney Bagaby. His werewolf form. This set is expected to release this fall. I mean, fresh cut grass is just swagtastic. Laudna, really weird. Uh, <laughs> Imogen has some cool spell effects. Orem's a, a guy. I think Ashton's is the coolest looking miniature. When I saw... From a, from a design standpoint. When I saw Ashton, my first thought was, oh, look, Ford. Nope. Nope, that's not Ford. That's, Green. That is Ford's, like, punk rock cousin. Kind of, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Chidney Packaby is a werewolf. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I love a good werewolf. Both his regular and werewolf forms. Yeah. yeah. Very small. Oh, yeah. Unless yeah. he's werewolf. I thought he was like a, a when he was in werewolf form, I've always pictured him as a as like a corgi werewolf. Like a, like a little tiny yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of have two, honestly. But no, he's like seven foot tall. I mean, to be fair, to in, be the, fair. in the scale of werewolves, that's still a small werewolf when you think about ah, it. It's true. But I think that we've got some cool action poses from Imogen and Fern. Fresh cut grass, Laudna and Dorian just kind of seem like they're standing there. Or I'm just has a generic, like, ha, I've got a sword and a shield pose. Ashton doesn't give a fuck, obviously. I mean, that's kind of his whole thing. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Now, now, the, uh, the inner nerd in me, I would totally buy a set of minis that are just the same couple of miniatures in design and coloring, just in, like, several different poses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've considered getting additional we, Lucian Nilos to have them posed <laughs> differently depending on the situations. <laughs> but those are all here. Those are Hero Forge minis, which you are more easily able to do, especially if you have like a resin 3D printer and you just need to buy the STL files. Mm-hmm. That's shockingly affordable. It's like seven bucks for a mini, completely custom. If you really like us and want to design a mini for us, let us know. We'll send oh you. Gosh, that'd be so cool. We'll send you some character concept. Now. Now. Let's let's talk. Let's talk. We, we've we've been hinting about this. I mean, a lot of the news stories are surrounding its release. Morden Kanan's Monsters of the Multiverse. It is the next monster manual, the bestiary, the official updated bestiary to Morden Kanan's Tome of Foes and Volo's Guide to Monsters. Indeed. If you have those two books, you're going to be flipping through this, being like, "Wow, this is like seventy percent the same shit that I already have." And then you gotta look closely at them, and it's like, wow, this is still like ninety percent of the same shit that I already have, <laughs> with like some minor changes. 
I don't have a lot to say about this bestiary because it's we already have most of it. Yes. The Sorrowsworn, the Shatterkai. I think I think there's new options for various like Drow and Duragar that are unique. There's, there's some kobolds that come back. You got a lot of the demon lords again. It's it's very samey. I mean, yeah. That is that is the point of this book. But as as someone who wants some new stuff, it's a little more. Yeah, it's it's like we were saying. It's that update from how they've been how they've done it in the past one of the major things being they've taken all these stat blocks from base or or, or, uh, they've taken these stat blocks and changed them to be more spell casting focused when you throw them at a party yeah um so as before where a character like I, i have the anis hag right here uh where before it would just have her under her abilities innate spell casting now her spell casting falls down into an she has all action spells so that's where her spells fall yeah i mean it, it it does really seem like just a lot of these are just basic formatting changes i mean they really are yeah and like you do have some interesting cool new stuff in there but you got to go searching for it i mean what was that the star spawn hulk yeah. that's new and the star spawn grew i don't yeah, know those are those are neat it's just the larva mage i know is old yeah i mean yeah there's there's some there's definitely some cool stuff but like you're saying um did we need to spend the 34 dollars to get this probably not probably not but we did it because we lack self-control and we needed something to talk about on this podcast i mean we bought strixhaven i think though I mean, Strixhaven's not a bad book. No, we enjoyed... We enjoyed Strixhaven. We enjoyed just, looking through Strixhaven. We're n- never going to run a Strixhaven campaign. <laughs> no, I could see running a Strixhaven one-shot. I could see that. And we've could, the, the, the spells from it. Yeah. Not this Gen Con, but I could see us at a future Gen Con being like, all right, well, we've got a lot of adventures here. Why don't we just pull some of them and create some events at Gen Con and run some adventures for people? I would totally be down for that. Like, it's dedicating a day... Yeah, where it's like, all right, we each get we're doing four hour blocks. You got you got to run four of them. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a That's lot. A lot of D and D in one day. <laughs> Maybe spread out over like a couple of days. <laughs> but I That's a. That's neither here nor there. Now, we do know, and based on based on my YouTube and TikTok scrollings, I know that there are some stats or some some player character options that people are a little bit miffed a little bit miffed about there's been some there's been some hard nerfs to the i think just to cap off the bestiary yes let's let's, let's if you don't if you don't have if you do not have if you have the if you just have like the core three player's handbook monster manual dungeon master's guide this will be a lovely addition yes and it's going to be updated to how D releases going forward are going to be if you have volo's guide to monsters and morning cannons tome of foes and you don't really care about having the most up-to-date versions of certain monsters and certain races, and you're okay with how things are now. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you're it's, you're not ninety ninety nine percent ninety nine point nine percent of people are not playing these huge massive games where they have to be up to date on everything. Yeah. Most people, a lot of people I know, don't even start new games until a new edition comes out. Mm-hmm. Seeing how samey this book is compared to the other supplemental monster manuals, 
I can see why they originally released this as a bundle deal with Xanathar's Guide to Everything and Tasha's Golden Rift. Yes. Because it seems like this literally, like, the way they're, they're framing it is if you buy Dragons of Stormwreck Isle, the full starter set that yep. includes the player's handbook, and then you buy the Xanathar's, Tasha's, and Mordenkainen's Monsters of the Multiverse pack, then you basically have everything you could possibly want to play D&D. And more. Yeah. And more. Plenty. Plenty. That being said, let's get, I think, the juicier thing to talk about here are the races. Yes. Race options. Yes, the race options. This, I do, I will say, I love that all of the random races that have appeared in, like, Theros, in Volos, in Mordenkainen's, in freaking Wildmount. Oh, in, yeah. Like, I like that everything is just compiled into one place. We we have made so many, or I've made so many characters. I've watched you do it too, where it's like, I want to play this race. Nope, not this book. Nope, no, not, not this, this book. book. <laughs> That's what I like. That is one thing that I really liked about um, Wildmount is that a lot of it was reprints of the races, but at least it put a lot of the races in front of you in one place. This has pretty much every single race. I don't think I think like the Warforged isn't in there. Correct. But like, other than that and the PHP ones and like the pallid elf or like, like location specific sub races basically mm-hmm. this has pretty much every single race and many of them have had some hardcore nerfs we'll go alphabetical aracocra aracocra instead of having a 50 foot flying speed you now have a flying speed equal to, to your, your walking ra- to your walking speed which and I don't know if the I think okay never mind and the yeah. natural weapons are and, the same yes yeah now a lot of people already really loved the monk Aarakocra combination but now it kind of makes it like that's the combination that you want to use an Aarakocra with obviously thirty feet of flying speed is nothing to scoff at but when you could have thirty feet or fifty feet yeah you take the fifty feet <laughs> I I think that uh, we we've, we've briefly discussed in our own private off camera lives. Which is most of our lives. Not doing an overrated, underrated, but I've seen a lot of people also talk about doing an Echo Knight Aarakocra to where that would be cool. the Echo can get very far away and you can basically do s- sniper missions almost with your Echo. I mean, yeah, that I could I could definitely see that being a thing. I mean, that's not how I would want to play my Echo Knight. <laughs> I like the Echo Knight as well, but I don't know. That's just not for me. All right. What are the other? What are we, we got the ASMR next. They're pretty much unchanged. Bugbear. Bugbear, Unchanged, Centaur. centaur. I feel like they did something to the Centaur. Um, no, I don't think nah, they did. Da, da, da. Originally appeared in Theros, I believe, the Centaur. What uh, what I've always always disliked about the Centaur is peop- it's a joke people make where it's like, well, a Centaur is a medium creature, but it can carry any medium creature. Yeah, so they can just continue to, to stack, stack centaurs. centaurs. Like, no, that's stupid. Stop that. <laughs> that's not how that works. Um, we have the changeling. The changeling. Unchanged, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> the Smurf Neblin, the deep gnome. The Smurf the Smurf Fleflin. The Snurfleflin. Some Swedish person's gonna come kick your ass. Spurgfleflin. Duragar. Duragar. Eladrin. The fairy. The fairy, I believe, also had a had a change. Uh, they were one of the flying speed ones, right? Flying speed, you have a flying speed equal to your walking speed. Yep. I believe they also previously had more than 30 feet. All of the Genasis are here. Githyanki and Githzerai. Uh The Githyanki, I believe, 
Which one's the spellcasting one? That would be the guess. Oh, well, they both have uh, psionics. So they had one of them had previously like medium armor proficiency, that made them a very good option for spellcasters. That I believe, or yeah, and now it's just like a couple weapon proficiencies instead. That's right, because if you're not wearing if you're wearing armor that you're not proficient in, you can't cast. Exactly. Which is one of the most I think specific and interesting. De- like requirements that Wizards has put into a spell book or a they, book. The armor thing with spellcasters seems to me just to avoid these powerful magic wielding characters from having very easy access to like very high AC. Yeah. And that's like it. Um, most of the squishy spellcasters you think of, your sorcerer, your wizard, your bard, they don't get like any armor proficiencies naturally at all. Yeah. Some subclasses do, um, but those subclasses tend to be ones that are more frontline focused. Your blade singer, your valor bard, your swords bard, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And there, there are other ra- but even even it's a, it's a weird change because with how they're moving away from the fixed ability scores, then you have races like the dwarf, mm. the mountain dwarf that gets natural armor proficiencies now the mountain dwarf is suddenly the best spellcasting race because of you you can be wearing a freaking breastplate getting an armor class of ac uh, like yeah getting an armor class of 17 at level one and be slinging spells or you have the turtle there's a natural armor of 18 exactly and it's a weird thing to change because the gith zerai and the gith yankee are already so underutilized in D&D. They're, they've been around for decades. Their lore is kind of shit. Like, no one cares about the Gith. Yeah. No one no one has taken the time at any of these studios to go, I love the Gith. Even you- even with, with, I think it was Volos or Morden Keynes, one of them has an entire chapter devoted to them, an entire mm-hmm. section, and it's still crap. And it's just boring. I, like... Where is okay? F- follow me here. I Where is the Illithid Mind Flayer Adventure Module that includes like this weird alien geopolitical landscape between the Gith and Mind Flayers? The Mind Flayers have enslaved them for hundreds of years. Yeah, that's how they have their psionics canonically. And they don't have any cool stories to tell about that. Are they too scared to tell a story about slavery? Possibly. Uh, that but even, even me, then, you but could take it the Geth Yankee versus the Geth Zerai. They have yeah. two very different political views, and you could, there's, if you wanted to make it that two, or a three-way conflict between the three. Exactly. Like, make, like a story about adventurers being amongst this oppressed group of people that are so diametrically ideologically opposed to two separate factions within their own group that it's holding them back from being able to fight back against the major aggressor the major oppressor um, that is keeping all of them down and having the characters try to through whatever means joining like picking a side and giving them supremacy over the other or finding a way to geopolitically meld them or at least get them to agree maybe temporarily mm-hmm. uh, a truce to take on a mind flayer society that 
I feel like that adventure writes itself. It would give the it would give the gith some lore that's not just. Yep, they've been they've been oppressed. They're 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 enslaved yeah. and they just kind of hate each other. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That that is that is ripe with opportunity. By the way, by the way, what's up? Open up your notes app. Take note of everything that I just said. <laughs> Take note of everything that I just said for future homebrew ideas. <laughs> if you're if you're interested in that adventure, let us know and we'll put that to our I forefront. Mean, I would not be opposed. I have no we've idea got where the fuck I would even begin. I've literally yeah. only read. I would. We've got we've got some skills to learn before we produce that. I I would have to run some Call of the Netherdeep. I would need to like read all of Lost Minds of Fandelver and some other adventure modules just to like get a vibe mm-hmm. and try and figure out a good way to go about doing that. But I mean, the opportunity is there. The problem I also think is that the Githzerai, the Gith Yankee, and Mind Flayers might not be in the OGL, which means yeah. we have to release them on the DM's Guild, which. Yeah. Is a. It's all we other. don't we don't dislike the DMs Guild. It's just drive through RPG. It has different rules. It's different rules, different cuts for creators. It's if you're on drive through RPG, you're on the DMs Guild. But if you want to use non OGL stuff from D and D, you have to be on the DMs Guild because it's the D and D sanctioned one. Basically, it's a whole. We could do an entire episode talking about. We're, we're getting off topic. Anyway, our topic is. Uh, <laughs> is in here. There's the GIF. You got the Goliath. Now the Herring- Harrington. The Herringon. Herringon. Yes. Harrington. Herring- Harrington. Daring- Harrington Darrington. Paddington. Paddington Harrington Darrington. The but bunny race. It's a bunny. It's a bunny. Where did that come from? I don't remember. I don't know. I feel like that's a recent addition. It's originated in the Feywild. Hmm. Is that like a Candlekeep thing? That could possibly be a Candlekeep thing. might be a Candlekeep thing. thing. Anyway. Relatively unchanged. Hobgoblin. Relatively unchanged. Kenku. Flying speed. They didn't have flying speed before. No, they never had a flying speed. It's in their lore. Yeah. They they have... Uh, flightless bird. Flightless bird. They can't come up with original ideas and they can only mimic. Now, the kobold. People are very upset with how people how they've changed the kobold. Yeah, well, tell us about that. No more pack tactics. No more pack tactics. No more pack tactics. Like, the core thing that makes the kobold stat blocks unique and powerful is the pack tactics because they are so numerous that they are successful when they are together but if you find one on your on its own it's kind of fucked yeah and to be fair the original printing of the kobold i'm sure they're just like let's take all let's take the things that we've done over here with the kobold stat block and let's just make it a race and yeah I, they've done that for a number of of those and i mean obviously like you can get some problem, like a little bit of problem with like getting advantage all the time as like a champion fighter critting all the time or a hexblade warlock or a barbarian or a rogue or yeah player obviously player characters are made to last sessions whereas as individual monster set blocks are built to last rounds yeah um so they're often more powerful then you would necessarily ever make a player character yeah, in they that punch way. Above their weight. I don't think that pack tactics is that overpowered that a player character can't have it though. Yeah. Is it easy access to advantage? Yeah, but that's why you're picking a kobold. Why are you? Why would? You, why are? You, why do you pick a changeling? Because you want to look different. 
Why do you pick a Genasi? Because you want like that elemental flair, and you want a little bit of light spell casting. It almost it, based know? on based on this page again. I didn't do my research today. I've been busy with work. I read the articles beforehand. Give me credit there. But I give it, you zero credit whatsoever. Well, you can't. So you give me a one. Exactly. Uh, but it almost looks like they're trying to also. Um, Make them less these just silly little character caricatures of D and D, and I mean, like you said, uh, I've played, a, I had a kobold before, and I believe their the stat or the 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 ability was called like grovel or beg and grovel, yeah. <laughs> and now it's called Dermon, uh, dragonic cry. Yeah. So, trying to take itself more seriously, I get that, but at the same time, one of the core things that made the cobalt desirable is now gone. Yeah. Which just kind of hinders it from being played more. I mean, it's barely played as it is to be quite frank. Yeah. I don't think most people are, unless you're playing an all cobalt party. Most people aren't. Oops. Oops, All cobalts. That's always a good time. What's next? The lizard folk. Lizard folk. Relatively unchanged. I think. Wasn't that, wasn't somebody, wasn't there? Did they have magical resistance? No, they didn't have magical resistance. I don't know. I, I think I remember somebody uh, seeing a thing that people are upset about the lizard folk. Why? Because they like have personality or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was another weird thing. It's just they have no. They, they can't they, feel. Yeah, they can't feel. That's a weird thing. I don't know. This minotaur <sighs> looks very silly. Yeah. Now I need to look up. We're looking up. Well, while you're looking that up, I'm going to say when I think of a minotaur, I don't know why. Uh, I always think of a an American bison as the minotaur never actually this uh this cow that they have here yes so it's always that like big puff tuft of uh brown fur on top and then uh you know um as you get in it kind of like a triangular almost like an upside down um arrow or like mouse clicker so it seems the main changes are all races speak common and one language of your choice any non-walking speed is brought in line to be equal to your walking speed. Flying, swimming, climbing, it's all the same. And all characters have a walking speed of 30 feet, even if it was 25 before. Now, we are a fan of that. A big fan of that. Big, big fan of that. Orcs have a rework. We haven't gotten to orcs yet. We're at orcs now. Well, hold on. Let's Hobgoblins. Okay. Okay. Hobgoblin apparently had a significant rework. That shows how well we looked at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're much more focused on team tactics and helping their allies. Um, like goblins, they have fey ancestry. They also have fey gift, which lets them take the help action as a bonus action up to proficiency bonus number of times per day. At third level, when they use the feature, they gain a number of other benefits. You and the creature you help gain temporary hit points. Uh, you and the creature you help temporarily increase your walking speeds. And when the creature you help hits a target with an attack roll, that target has disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes within the next minute. On top of that, the saving face has been reskinned to Fortune of Many, which grants up to a plus three bonus for uh, skill checks when they fail a check and they mm-hmm. don't want to, you know. The kobold, basically just reskinned versions of Grovel, Cower, and Beg, and, uh, kobold, and they gain kobold legacy, which gives them some proficiencies and advantage on saving throws against Frightened and blah de blah blah The lizard folk... Big change to their unnatural weapons. Their bite now does slashing damage, which affects some small things. It's also, quote, an unarmed attack instead of a natural weapon, which, again, makes 
little difference, but they also got a buff to their Hungry Jaws, which can now be used a proficiency bonus number of times per long rest. The temporary HP you gain is equal to your proficiency bonus instead of your con modifier, which ultimately means you're going to be gaining more in general, but if you start with a high con score, then it's a little bit slower. Fair enough. Bugbears also gain Fate Ancestry, as all of the other Goblin Goblins do. They also have a reworked surprise attack. They now deal 2d6 extra damage against creatures who have not taken their first turn yet. Stacking initiative modifiers are a bugbear's best friend, as we are already aware of that. And then the orc, as we just got to, gain an ability called Adrenaline Rush, which is like a reworked aggression. Gives them a bonus action to dash, as well as temporary hit points equal to their proficiency bonus. They can use this a number of times equal to their proficiency bonus, and it reflects... Everything's tied to the freaking proficiency bonus these days. I, I was very anti that to begin with, like when it, they first started, but it's, I mean, it makes sense. It's an easy thing to track. It's going to be consistent across every type of class. Yeah. And I think it helps because uh, if you're talking about individual abilities where it's like instead of using them once per day, you mm-hmm. can use them a number of proficiency, that makes you be able to use the cool thing. Um, when it comes to like temp hit points, things like that, X times this number of modifier, I don't care. It's it, it's just, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. Um, they also gain the Half-Orc's Relentless Endurance ability, and they lose their Primal Intuition, which gave them two skill proficiencies, but um, I think the other two abilities are a bit better. Have we, got, have we done the Goblin yet? No. We passed up the Goblin. Did we just pass the Goblin? Goblin. Yeah, Goblins. Goblins. Uh, they get Fey Ancestry, as they all do. Yep. Uh, and there's some changes to the Fury of the Small, which now does extra damage equal to their proficiency bonus instead of their level. But the buff, which is, well, it's a buff at level one, but it quickly falls. They can also use it potentially way more often because you get to use it proficiency bonus number of times now instead of once per rest. So as opposed to twice per day, once you get past level three, four, something like that, you can use it now more. Yeah. And at that point, it's pretty similar. But like we've pointed out in the past with things, most campaigns stop at level 11. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. We've done, the, we've done the orc now. Yes. The satyr. The satyr. I've heard, a lot of, I've heard a lot of controversy around this one. The satyr and the yanti. Hmm. The Seder and the Yanti had a lovely ability. A lovely, lovely, lovely ability. It's called Magic Resistance. It gave them advantage on saving throws against spells, as well as magical effects. Oh, yes. Now Magic Resistance is just advantage on saving throws against spells. Is it that big of a change? Not really. It's it's an important distinction, I think, because there was... We've talked about in the past, uh, 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 there was a... What do they call those... The little, the little, hey, crap, I can't, I'm just off today. Anyway, they, wizards had a, you know, post that basically said, or the creators said, yeah, magical effects and spells are different. So like attacks using, if a, if a creature has an attack that is just firebolt in the stat block, basically, it's a magical effect Yeah. as opposed to a spell. So you couldn't counterspell or you couldn't, whatever. So while, like you're saying, while it's not hugely impactful it is a distinction yeah but, but, but even when you look at most monster stat blocks they don't get spell casting they just get a magical ability mm-hmm. they make a ranged like magical whatever or melee magical whatever even the lich has the the like 
the shocking grasp buff mm-hmm. thing. Oh my gosh, why am I? They have the frightening gaze, but they have the other thing. We are just we are just off it's our game. It's a day. Today, it's a day. We are just off our game. And, but like those effects, your beholders, like they all just kind of got a passive buff against these things. But I think people are a little bit more upset about it than they really should be. Who's playing a satyr? The main reason people ever took a Yanti was for the magic resistance in the first place. Mm-hmm. I also believe they had a change to how. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get to the Yanti in a second. Yeah. They had a change to how they deal with poison. Satyr, magic resistance, bloody blah. The Sea Elf. The Sea Elf. I think it's relatively unchanged. The Shatter Kai, I believe, is a new race option. I think, yes. I don't think it's been I, I, they, I, uh, They're it's obviously uh, the monster. Monstrous. The Shatter Kai. The from, Shatter Kai. From the... Um, oh, my gosh. I, we, are, we are really out of it, man. We're I almost... Know, I know where they're from. I know where they're from. Not the Feywild. It's the Dark One. It's the dark version of the fable. Shadowfell. Yeah, the Shadowfell. They're from the Shadowfell. Oh my gosh. Looks cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a Shadow Kai. Shifter. Shifter. Relatively unchanged. Tabaxi. Relatively unchanged. Feline agility. I'm surprised that they kept the feline agility just straight up doubling your speed thing. I'm, with the, how they've been nickel and diming some of these races, I'm surprised that they left it alone, to be quite frank with you. Once you use this trait, you can't use it again until you lose zero feet. Yeah, I mean, that does have the benefit and a drawback. I think that's the main thing is when you can when you move on your turn in combat, you can double your speed until the end of your turn. Once you use this trait, you can't do it, use it again until you've moved zero feet on your turn. Yeah. And I think that is is fine. Like, I think yeah. that, that it's always there was a, a limit. Exactly. That's probably why they didn't change it. There's a limit to it. There's a there's a trade-off. Yeah. But, I mean, with getting rid of some other things that other races have had, it's just like... I mean, they've I been, mean that thing, like, you're doubling your speed. I mean, there's entire videos about how you can get a tabaxi moving, like, 120 miles an hour or some shit. That's... De- you know? That's dependent on, on, on the dash action yeah. of doubling your speed versus... Yeah. Anyway, that's Baxi, relatively that, unchanged. We could talk about that yeah. another. Tortle. Tortle. Pretty much unchanged. AC, uh, AC 17. I said 18 earlier. This is a correction. It is 17. The Triton. Triton. The Triton originally was interesting because it was one of the few races that had just a plus one to three specific abilities. Oh, yeah. Like, um, so the half elf, you could get three different abilities, a two, a one, and a one. But the Triton just had a one to strength, a one to con, and I believe it was a one to wisdom. Maybe I don't remember. Which is kind of which kind of interesting. Whatever. Versus the human, which you could just choose. You just get one one to everything, but you don't get anything else. Yeah. And very last, the Yuan T. Yuan T. Give me the book. Here's the book. Give me the book. No. The poison. 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 So their spell casting is relatively unchanged. They get animal friendship for snakes. They get suggestion. Magic resistance, as we previously talked, is now only for spells. Poison resilience. You have advantage on saving throws you make to avoid or end the poison condition on yourself. And you have resistance to poison damage. Pretty sure you were just immune to the poison condition previously. And it's kind of weird that a venomous creature is susceptible to poison. At all. The poison poison damage type and the poison condition are very integral to a lot of monsters to try and make their stuff work. I think I saw a chart of damage types recently, and basically, yeah, poison was the number one damage 
type that most frequent most frequent yes up there with like probably fire, fire and, and slashing <laughs> <laughs> you know um to me who's who's already playing a yanti uh, people who are I, I really don't really snake like I, I don't really know. see or hear about anyone playing a Yanti or wanting to play a Yanti unless they're a min-maxer. Right. And they're trying to get a specific thing out of it, probably magic resistance and then the the poison the the poison um, uh, immunity to the poison condition and resistance to the poison damage type is just kind of a a, a bonus. Right. So it's kind of weird that the it seems like they're trying to even out all of the races, kind of get rid of some of the weirder, silly things that they did with some of the previous races, yeah. making everything more equal across the board and trying to give them abilities that distinguish them from one another. And then in the process, taking some of the ones that are less used and then making them less good at the things they were already good at. But they're not played as much anyway, so now there's even less reason to play them. Right. I, it just seems a little. I think maybe I mean intuitive. Like you're saying, be, bringing them all in line with with getting rid of. Hey, the orc has a plus two strength and a plus one to con. You know that w- that was often why people would pick an orc to play as a barbarian or a yeah. fighter, and so making that more floating, uh, that floating to plus two, plus one, or three plus ones, is very uh, takes takes it to the abilities that each one has. Yeah. And so I'm I'm also wondering if there was just somebody who was sitting there being like, ooh, ooh, as soon as soon as they have to choose on abilities, well who's not gonna want who's not gonna wanna have poison immunity right off the bat? And it's like, okay. A lot of people. A lot of uh, it's fine guy. It's fine. Um and well I'm I'm also kind of I I feel like I've totally gotten the poison thing wrong about the Yanti as well, but hold on. He's looking it up. In the meantime, I'll tell you about, um, ooh, yeah. Ooh, how about the Instagram? Uh, we have an Instagram, just shouting that out again, uh, working on, on having more posts of, uh, of what we do behind the scenes, some terrain building, uh, we're doing recently, or Connor was doing recently for the Netherdeep campaign, uh. Maybe some some closer looks at some of our character minis. That could be a thing in the future. You know, we have a uh, we have a lot going on. Our TikTok's obviously kind of our main thing um, right now. Hit me with the hit me with the T. Immune to poison damage and the poison condition altogether. It's it's it's. I get it, and like yo, you don't want any, you don't want to play your character to have immunity to anything, and I get that kind of. You know, I D and D has especially at such a low level, just level one, you take a race and you get immunity to poison in the poison condition. I get that, but like, it's weird because especially when I think the condition maybe is a little more uh, esoteric, where in D and D five e. If if there's it's not you have one level of disadvantage or something it's just you have disadvantage no it's not you have yeah. two levels of advantage you just have advantage and those will cancel out and I think taking the poison condition is one of the easiest ways to give them to give a, a, a character or a creature disadvantage on so many things and yet there are so many other ways you can do that and I think that 
that is often forgotten. Yeah. Um, especially by especially by power builders that we've talked about, min maxers, where it's like, it's like oh, they'll never be able to do this thing to me because I have the inability to be poisoned. Well, there's a bunch of other ways we can do that. It's yeah. Fine. I'm, there's a million ways to introduce advantage. There's a million ways to introduce disadvantage. There's a all. <laughs> I don't know. Like going back to the kobold with the no pack tactics, like there are so many tables that have the variant flanking rules. Mm-hmm. That's basically just pack tactics, but a little more specific. <laughs> you know, I and that and that's available to anyone. Yeah, at any point. And there's more than just the poison condition to impose disadvantage on things. Yeah, like it's. Not even to mention blinded, deafened, more interesting status effects that are more specific, maybe more specifically hindering to a certain character over another. Yes. You know, a deafened, a deafened spellcaster is really fucked, you know? A but, bl- but a blinded, yeah, but a blinded fighter is not going to be yeah, as good, yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know. I feel, yeah, you're immune to the poison condition. All right. There's plenty of monsters that blind. There's plenty of spells that blind. And that's just as bad as yeah. poison. It's just different. It, it, seem, it seems a bit weird to single out some of the things. I will say, I'm totally in favor of the flying speed changes. Mm-hmm. It's just simpler to understand. Uh, I'm way in favor of evening out the base walking speeds of everything to 30. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I am in favor of a lot of the changes that they made. It's just there's some specific ones that have me scratching my head, and it's to and it's to these races that are already so low pick rate. I know, like like if if, if I'm pretty sure there's been surveys showing the most common combinations of races and and classes and that kind of stuff. If there was just a, a, a rank ordering of all of the races by how many people have played that character a character with that race. Period. Mm-hmm. Not even duration. Just have played a character of that race. The Yanti, the Aarakocra, the Satyr, the Kobold are not going to be in the top half of that list. No. I don't even think they're going to be in the top three quarters of that list. Yeah. It, let let things be. Like, they've all they've already they've already basically admitted that they're okay with power creep. Sure. Sure. So now we're going to rein in some things that maybe we're creeping in power a little bit too early that no one even plays anyway, and now people have even less reason to want to play them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, seem, it seems a little strange. Let's get our final, final thoughts on the book. Final thoughts on the book. Uh, we said it earlier, and I'm going to stick with it. If you have Mordenkainen's and Volo's already, Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes and not Mordenkainen, if you have Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes and Volo's already, this is just going to be more of a convenience thing at yeah. best. Yeah. It's going to modernize a lot of stat blocks to how modern, th- how D&D books going forward are going to look. It has all the races in one place, 30 races mm-hmm. in one place. That's a lot. That's a lot. There's a lot of options. But as far, and, as, as, far as it goes for the bestiary, like... I, I don't I will grab my books to look at the bestiary I'll find one and then you know what I do I go to Tetra Cube yeah and I make it on there and I and I either print it out or I leave it on my desktop we need to, when when we don't have a really big topic to talk about we need to talk about like Tetra Cube and RPG cards and some of our favorites like those GitHub amazing resources yeah because Tetra Cube is a phenomenal stat block maker oh absolutely um and 
even the change of like, okay, the spell casting goes under actions and then there's going to be a separate spell casting under bonus actions. It's like, I was like, it, it wasn't hard to use spell casting as it was previously. If anything, maybe like take the signature spell of a creature, like one or two of them and put them under actions as an action or put it under bonus action and be like, this is under spells. I was going to say, I think 90% of the time when it comes to spell casting, either I choose, if I choose a creature that it has spell casting, it's because of, like you said, those signature spells like, oh, this one can cast fireball. Yeah. But if I'm looking at a creature and I'm like, I, you know, I like, I like to use something around this level, but it's, oh, it has like 15 different spell options that I don't know where, then I just won't choose that creature or I'll choose that creature and, and not use them. That's some of the problem with like the lich is that it's not, it's not easy to use because none of the spells are listed in the stat block, like what to do, or even like a dumbed down version of a mm-hmm. spell. Um, and it's it seems just kind of like a lateral move to different but not better or more convenient in my mind and i may be totally off base with that um it is convenient to have you know if if you if you're going to be playing a warlock type monster it's convenient to have eldritch blast just listed under actions yeah it's convenient to have hex listed under bonus actions it's convenient as a, a, a one of the wizards like a like an abjurer wizard to have like counter spell and shield under reactions like that's nice to have but at the same time it, it, I, why do they need to list the spells under actions it doesn't you know it's and right like have now now the spell list is scattered across multiple things also i've i've noticed the trend of a lot of a lot of stat blocks instead of, and i even noticed this in call of the nether deep where some spell casting npcs instead of having spell slots they just have these are the spells you can do at will. These are the spells you can do once a day. These are the spells you can do three times a day and just call that good, mm-hmm. which simpler, but now that's another method of having to keep track of things. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it as either good or bad. I just see it as strange that they felt the need to do it. Mm-hmm. They were, I think they were trying to simplify it. Spellcasting is a system on top of the system of combat, which is a yeah. system on top of the combat as system D and D. And unfortunately you can't simplify it just by yeah. what they did a scatter shot basically yeah so um there are people that are going to vibe with it and if you do great um at the end of the day if you are new to D and you have a player's handbook and a monster manual in a dmg this is a great addition to your collection this will expand your race options like four or five times mm-hmm. it's going to include some amazing stat blocks that have been used from volos and tomophos for years now um if you get this book in the collection with tasha's cauldron of everything and xanathar's guide to everything and then you get the the Core. dragons of Stormwreck isle like you're well on your way to getting everything you could want out of D that ha- that they have right now you spent a lot of money you did you spent a lot of money in one go but if if you already have your collection i mean we get it we we got it because we wanted to talk about it and we wanted to see what all the fuss was about it was a weird release to begin with that it came yeah. out in a box set and then months down the line came out individually which was strange it's weird that it's a replacement for not a core rule book but supplemental books and not yeah. even the entirety of those supplemental books um it's just it's just a weird product. 
and we also want to like fill out our shelf more. That too. <laughs> so we need that more. Too. We're getting closer every day. We every, every it feels like every couple of weeks another one of these books comes in, and it's like wow, that shelf one day is just gonna be D and D like wall to wall instead of like D and D two thirds of the way, and then some third party stuff that doesn't match the same style, and then the cat mimic, and then some other things to fill in the space <laughs> so they don't topple over. One day it's just gonna be wall to fucking wall, and that's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a cool day. We'll take a picture. We'll put it on the Instagram. We will put it on the Instagram. Uh, also, while, while you begin perusing the comments of the TikTok Live for questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas, mm-hmm. I'll go run through the spiel. You can find our link tree in the bio of any of our social medias. Uh, there you can find links to our YouTube, our TikTok, where we gained our notoriety, which, by the way, we passed over 18,000 followers. Yay. Awesome. Um, we wanna, we're thinking about doing a, a 20K thing thing we don't know like like papa lichen does his uh creator contest I, we don't want to ape that obviously i'm not against aping it but i respect my father well, as yeah. we all should as we should yes and um our father's so, art and tiktok yeah and I, I sidebar i'm not saying that you need to respect your dad i'm saying you need to respect your father also side a note of, a lot of people have really shitty dads <laughs> also side note Papa Lycan doesn't know that we're calling him our dad. I don't know if Papa Lycan really knows. Papa Lycan who, I mean, knows, he knows who, we who we are. I don't think he thinks about us that often. Probably not. But hey, if you all, uh, I think we got three people in the chat. <laughs> if you guys want to go tell Papa Lycan that. He commented on, one, on our live last time. He did. Something about a tank. Maybe he does know us more than we think he does. Maybe he, I don't think he knows that we think that he is our legitimate father right we are his heirs after yeah. all uh, man we got a sidebar within a sidebar <laughs> within a sidebar in that one. <laughs> the tiktok over eighteen thousand followers the youtube we want to make youtube videos it's just life sucks right life now is rough man and we have other things we need to do first and we have the instagram now we're doing a lot of reposts now we want to do some instagram reels slash youtube short specific content in the future um we have a link to our drive through rpg where you can find our monthly free releases of homebrew available to any and all pay what you want as well as our 499 blood magic supplement pack that we talked about last episode we are very excited about that someone bought it one person bought it one person bought it which a couple cool. people redeemed uh, their free copies yeah well. we, we sent out a bunch of free copies um Nearly half of them are unredeemed still, which, to be fair, I did send out, like, 15 of them to people that didn't ask for it. Fair. Or win it at a contest. But, fair. You know, it is like that sometimes. It do be like that sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. And we we removed the Twitter link because... Uh, we're bad at Twitter. We're really bad at Twitter. We just did not use that account. We're keeping it. For posterity's sake. Yes. And so that if might, you might do to, some retweets. You never know. For an time to time. You can feel free to find us on Twitter at Dungeon Bros YT. And you can review us, follow us on any podcast service around the globe. Yeah. Podcast services around the globe. We, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. We would love a review. It bumps us in the ratings. We love a listen. That it's also really good. helps us. Yeah, yeah, rating, yeah, reviews are the biggest way to help out a podcast on a podcast service. Even if it's not us. Find a podcast you like and review them five stars. And yeah. Put something nice in the comments. Say. And that helps them. Say, we came here because we loved you. And the Dungeon Bros. They suggested it. So yes. what do we got in the TikTok live chat? Anything All right. Yeah. Oh, we got some stuff. We have uh, Caesar in Wittadainy Weenie. Oh, boy. What's poppin'? 
Don't mind me, just watching. Jean Paul says with hello. Hello, governor. Purex Beautyx says, do fish get thirsty? Yes. No. Moving on. <laughs> um, can't read that? Folded page. Oh, you can't read it like it, like we're not supposed to read it or can't read I it? I scrolled like past it too far. Oh. Um, folded uh, page actually has a legitimate question for us. Oh. Thank you, Folded page. Uh, folded page asks, what is your best piece of advice for a new player? And what is your worst piece of advice for a new player? For a new player. The best piece of advice that I have is oh boy don't worry about creating a unique or interesting character just play the game you don't need to be fancy you want to be a, you want to be a human champion fighter and you just want to hit some things with a sword and laugh at a table with your friends that's more than good enough my worst piece of advice is every meme that you see about D&D is 100% true, and if you don't follow the stereotypes, you'll be shunned mm. profusely. If you play a bard and you don't try to seduce every monster, NPC, and other human being at that table, don't play bard. That's my worst advice. So my best advice is don't think you have to stay at a table if you're not having fun yes uh just because you know it's 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 a bed of yours or it's your first time and maybe you're not getting it or maybe it's your buddy and you're 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 just you don't like their style or they're making you feel uncomfortable you can leave yep and don't and also beyond that that's not the only D experience we've been very lucky to have very good D experiences um with friends of ours and and our tables we've always had fun at um, some frustrating times. Some frustrating times. But always coming from a place of fun and enjoyment. Mm-hmm. My worst piece of advice um, is it's it's about you. Only you. Only you. You're the main character. If um, you're the only one that needs to have fun and everyone is there for your enjoyment. Yeah. You you are you are the main. You are Naruto. You, 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 there's a Sasuke Luffy. retrieval arc. You are Luffy. You, you are, are um, you're, Ichigo. You're, you're, you're uh, Midoriya. You are Midoriya. You're Tanjiro. You are Tanjiro. And everybody else is just your supporting cast. You are Eren Yeager. Eren Yeager. And your party is, you are Mikasa. You are Armin. You are Levi. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Levi may be more interesting, but you're Eren fucking Yeager. You know, Levi can't turn into a Titan. No. Spoiler alert for season one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anything else? Uh, Yeah, I got a couple more. Uh, Yoshi Shy says, how are you guys? We're tired. Very. John Keener the fourth. Ah, the John. Friend of the show. The Keen himself. Who nearly wasn't born, I think. That was the story he was that trying was a to weird tell us story. that one live from Hi, John. We were celebrating our 10,000th fo- 10, follower and joining the TikTok Creator Fund, and we were just having a live stream where we were drinking and talking to people, and he was trying to tell us our, his life story about how he almost wasn't born. Because <laughs> we were like, the fourth? Tell us about the third, second, and first. He was like, well. <laughs> All right. Um, here we go. Michaela Stoltz 
Stolt. Uh, asks, how do I find people to play D&D with if no one near me wants to play? Well, this is this is a common question. So common. First, self-plug, the Dungeon Bros Discord server. We have a looking for group uh, channel. I think I'm going to make it into a category and get more granular with the different channels to make it more user-friendly for people trying to find a group. Um, we do have people that are trying to get a group together. They're like... They're, con- they're just perpetually a player short, and just the timing of when they want to do things isn't working out yet. But they're, they're, they just want one more person that can fit in their time slot, and I feel like DK Alexander is going to be able to get that game going, which I'm very excited to witness happen. Um, link in the link tree in our bio. Link in the link tree in the bio. It is free for everyone to enter. Have fun. Enjoy yourselves. Follow the rules. But more importantly... Over 100 people over in the Discord server. All right. But more importantly, if you don't want to go online, I... We play with the same group over and over. And I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of in that same vein. But honestly, when I didn't have people near me that wanted to play D&D or that weren't already in a group, Mm -hmm. I I went back and I'm like, look, I have, this was back in 2015. No pandemic yet. But I found three old friends from high school who were like, sure, we'll try it. And we played over Facebook chat <laughs> video chat <laughs> i didn't know that it was rough that sounds horrible but i think you'll be surprised that yeah maybe maybe your closest five people don't want to play D. yeah more often gonna, than not more that often will not. be the case some of our best friends our bestest friend the rachels mm-hmm. even even jacob even though he plays with us He's not really there for the D&D. No. He's there for the enjoyment of being around his friends, which I respect. And uh, even my my original D&D group that I started running many a year ago, one person was a good friend from college. The other four were couples that I met through other people that I was like friendly acquaintances with, that mm-hmm. I am now friends with. Zach and Hannah, a married couple. I met them through a mutual friend, and I hung out with them like a couple times, and they we talked about D&D, mm-hmm. and they happened to be interested, and I asked, hey, do you want to play in a one-shot, and then do you want to play in a campaign? Um, and the same thing with uh, Q and Other Hannah, or, oh no, she'll be upset if I call her Other Hannah, with Hannah. OG <laughs> Hannah. With OG Hannah and Q. Um, they, I met them through a mutual friend of ours that I met in college. And I met them at one of his uh, birthday parties that was thrown for him as a surprise from his then-girlfriend, now-wife. And we hit it off, and it was lovely, and they also enjoyed D&D, and I brought up the idea of a one-shot, and they were totally in. And here we are, several years later, uh, several months since the last time we played, and uh, level 11. Started at level 2. So what we're saying is uh, is you'll find people in unlikely places and uh, as hard as it sometimes seems, you got to make, you got to make friends. You got to, you got to talk about it. Got to people in real life. Got to get out of your comfort zone. If you are looking for more digital options, there's a million and one discord servers. Mm -hmm. There's a million forums that have looking for groups. Um, You can probably, you, chances are you can find a local adventures league. We've never done adventure. I feel like that needs to be an episode we do is go and just go and do an adventures league. League. We need to play an adventures league game once. All right. Talk about adventures league. Let's do it. Um, like in the fall, maybe. Yeah. When we're like chilled the fuck out. (laughs) Um, and maybe look at like your local game shop, your local comic shop, your local whatever. 
chances are there's a D&D night. The public library sometimes has a D&D night. And sure, that's more for like high schoolers. I don't know how old you are. There's options available to find strangers on the internet and in real life and people that you know that you may not be like really good friends with. You might know them and you're friendly and you don't dislike them. You just don't know that they might be into it yet. And to be fair, you, your friends might not know they're into it yet until they're into it. Yeah. So. A lot of people are very hesitant to start D&D because they're like, that's not for me. That's a nerd thing. Or yeah. that's a, that seems complicated. Yeah. Once you get into it, though, if, if that's the kind of thing you could be into, then you're into it. Even our friends that aren't super into it are like, yeah, we'll play D&D again. They just don't. Some people are struggle with schedules or being able to commit to a long running thing, so more of a one shot vibe. Mm-hmm. And oh, oh, the the cat has finally joined us from her long slumber. Anyway, so Michaela, thank you very much for your question. Uh, we meandered, but what we're saying is, you do you, girl. You do you. You always do you. Unless you don't want to do that. Then, uh, I don't know, be Batman? I mean, he's very overrated. I'm not a Batman fan. I like the games. Eh, they're fine. (laughs) Anyway, nope, that's uh, that's it. That's uh, that's all we have today. It's about uh, 6 o'clock almost. It is, it is. I have 20 minutes to get changed, get ready for... Oh, and she's clawing at the dice tray in the cat bed. What are you, why, why are you like this? I still don't know why she never wanted to sleep in the bed until we put the dice tray in there. I don't know. I don't know either. It's, it's dumbfounding to me. But again, link tree in the bio for all of our social medias. Get links to our YouTube, our Twitter. Well, not Twitter anymore. <laughs> our YouTube, our Instagram, our TikTok, our drive through RPG, our Discord server. Free and open to everyone. And, uh... It's been an episode. We're it's sorry. Been an, <laughs> it's been an episode, I can tell you. It's been an month. In the meantime, 